0: In the morning when you want the news you need the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the
1: future of the country not
0: that any of that matters
1: and now the news the oakland days coming back to vegas mick acres of the review journal reporting that john fisher The owner of the A's and Dave Cavill, who's the president, who was here last month, are coming back to Las Vegas June 21st and 22nd. Uh, According to Mixed Reporting, this is more a a more specific look at potential sites, whereas Dave Cavill's previous um, trip here was more of a, hey, what is here? Uh, What are the options? A lot of land. A little more specific. A lot of land, Henderson. They still have that July 20th vote in Oakland. Uh, which is uh, step one of them getting $855 million in public money to build their Howard Terminal site. So this is interesting timing. Uh, I know Ed and I had talked before about how them coming back to Vegas would be a, a good sign in terms of Vegas landing the Oakland A's. But we both assumed, hey, they won't come back until after that July 20th vote because that'll sort of put in motion whether or not they're staying in Oakland or whether or not they need to move. But them coming back before, I don't know exactly what to do with it. Other, unless they just don't no, assume they're this gonna is, get it, yeah. July I don't 20th. think they're getting it. I don't I, know, but, I think, Dave, but Dave Cavill, as late as last night, was still arguing with people on Twitter about why they should get the Howard terminal site. Oh, so I mean,
2: your giant like metropolitan area that you own all of the pads and you own all of the architecture, like you own everything. Yeah, I would also be like, yeah, this is what we want.
1: None of you seem to want to give it to us. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting timing. So we're going to Vegas. Interesting timing with them coming back. And I don't know exactly if that should be read into as like good news that they're coming or just sort of, ah, okay. They're just sort of extending what they did the first time around. Do you
2: have any idea who they're meeting with?
1: Uh, I don't believe Mick reported exactly who they were meeting with. Um... I'm going to guess not Carolyn Goodman. That was my question. All right. Wow. Sorry. All right. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Forgot how long that was. Um, A lot of news as far as foreign substances in oh my baseball. God. So Jeff Passant reported late last night that June 21st is going to be the date where pitchers actually start getting checked on a regular basis uh, it's going to be twice a game for starting pitchers which I don't know how that works if you get thrown or if you get knocked out in the first inning but twice a game for starting pitchers. probably not using a whole <laughs> lot of foreign substance if you get knocked out early <laughs> and uh, at least once for every reliever that comes into the game they will be checked um, that starts on June 21st if it happens player will be ejected if you get caught player will be ejected and they will be given a 10 game suspension but with pay so the players will not lose any money that get in trouble for using substances right it makes it uh very questionable on how effective this is going to be because if you tell me in july oh god i've got to miss 10 games as a starting pitcher it's probably a good thing i get to limit the amount of innings i throw and i'm more ready for the postseason and i don't lose any money from it
2: we're going to suspend you from twitter
1: oh Trevor Bauer would quit right now. <laughs> Never use a foreign substance again. So that's one bit of news from it that when it will happen, there was also a story in Sports Illustrated about a former Angels clubhouse attendant who is upset that he is the only person that's been punished for illegal substances on baseballs. He's got text messages with Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, and a whole bunch of other pitchers. So this is, it's fascinating in terms of. Everyone sits around and agrees that this is widespread, but yet nobody has done anything about it until now. Major League Baseball now is coming out and saying, yep, this is when we're going to crack down on it. And in the middle of a season, which is sort of the bizarre part of it, I guess technically they did say before the season started, they were going to, but they didn't really put any plan in place until June 21st comes around. And that plan is for umpires of all people to be the ones to check them and be the ones that have to decide you know
2: what we really need is more decisions put in the hands of Angel Hernandez as
1: everybody who watches a baseball game is yelling for robot umps (laughs) we're giving them more power instead of less power you know who could who's a good adjudicator Joe West (laughs) not ideal so June 21st is the date uh we'll see what actually happens on June (laughs) 21st you can Pay attention to spin rate. A lot of guys spin rate have already gone down in multiple starts. So there's the assumption that a lot of guys are already stopping using whatever foreign substance they were using before. Uh, But again, 10 game suspension, but you still get paid. Might be worth it to just keep doing it. Like, I don't know what the second suspension is. Like if you get caught a second time, we don't know what the, uh, I assume there'd be more punishment, but. You get caught once and it's 10 games, but you still get paid. I'm probably still cheating. I mean, if especially if you've got free agency coming up. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, I got caught, but those three games I appeared in 0.7 ERA, come on, come on. Pretty good. Next question.
1: The Atlanta Hawks beat the 76ers to even the series at two, two. The Sixers scored 38 points in the second half of that game this game was awful to watch Trey Young's never awful uh no uh,
2: okay Trey Young on the bench just covered it entirely in ice pack right that's see that's funny too that was the only entertaining part because he'd look down and I'd go God he's got a bad hairline
1: it's not even hairline. It's just no. Yeah, his, his hair. hair is not good. Yeah, it's not that he has like a deep hairline on the you know top of his head. It's just that his hair like kind of isn't growing on the rest of his head. His hairline's actually probably the best part of his yeah. Hair at the moment. Actually,
2: you're fair, fair, but yeah. Him being out of the game. No. I, no, I do not want to watch these two teams play.
1: I think the Atlanta Hawks making the NBA finals would be the funniest. Like, of any of the teams to make it that are left, I think they would be the funniest. Because they're not, like, actually good. Trey Young is super fun. And I'm all on board watching Trey Young. But, like, the Hawks aren't, like, actually good at basketball. And now we're sitting here. It's a 2-2 series. They got to win two or three. I don't think it's likely. But if Joel Embiid is beat up, even if he plays, if he's beat up and all of a sudden Ben Simmons has to carry more of a load, like... The Hawks could actually win that series if Embiid isn't 100% healthy. And then you're looking at the Eastern Conference Finals right now and I guess the Bucks are the healthiest team left, but the way it's going, Giannis is probably going to get hurt. Like the way the like the Hawks are going to end up in the finals because everybody else got hurt. Jesus. Embiid. So we're going to have Hawks Suns. Yeah, it's going to be great. And here's the thing, the Hawks will even won't even be the worst Eastern Conference team to make the finals in the last 2 years. I don't care about your next question. Speaking of the nets, Kyrie Irving and James Harden expected to miss game five. Uh, James Harden, his technical, uh, status is doubtful at the moment. are not going anywhere. I mean, Kevin Durant's really good, but I don't think you're winning two out of three. If neither one of those two are playing and it doesn't, I guess, Harden, it sounds like could be back for game six or seven of this series if possible but like Irving, it seems like they've got no chance of him coming back to this series. Ed, I did and I not, talked I, to Ed and
2: I talked about I'm this a lot. I'm very upset
1: I did see it. Yeah. It, I, uh, his when your foot ankle hits the was, floor first.
2: His foot was parallel to the court, perpendicular to his leg. I genuinely was like, oh, God.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hate thinking about it. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah. And they're,
2: and they're like, x-rays came back negative. Cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like it's, it's tell you. Listen, if you're the Nets, like you put together a super team in terms of if you had a big three and and two of the three guys. How many big threes have there been where two of the three guys got hurt in the playoffs? Uh,
2: basic. Well, no, yeah, basically just that LeBron Kyrie, Kyrie Kevin uh, Love team. Yeah, and and one of those was Kevin Love got put into <laughs> got put into an, <laughs> an arm, arm bar. bar. Yeah.
1: But like it, like normally you put together a big three and you don't lose two of them, and they've lost two of them, and unless Harden comes back soon, they their season could be done. So what you're saying is we need to get
2: Kevin Durant,
1: deli. so that way he can uh... drag him to the finals and lose. <laughs> is that the game plan? Hey. If there's a roadmap for this. you got to get Delhi and then drag his ass to the final. Chris Paul is going to be unstoppable until <laughs> Matthew Della Vadova D's him up in the NBA Finals. He has,
2: has to get, what was it? He had to get like three saline bags yeah. after that. Next question.
1: Allegiant Stadium. They made a biopic in Australia about Matthew Wouldn't Della Vadova? You the guys amazing. Allegiant Stadium is already being renovated specifically. They're
2: finally finishing the actual like tops,
1: like the actual ceilings in the building? Nope, that's supposed to look like that. Uh Mick Acres reported that Mark Davis's suite is undergoing a six hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollar remodel. Which what what happened here? He hasn't been in it for a game. There has not been a game where Mark Davis has been in his suite at Allegiant Stadium. He showed up and he went, well, this isn't how I want this. How poorly was it planned and or built? So, Like, uh, was it poor planning? And he got there and was like, no, this all sucks. Everything I wanted sucks. Or was he like, no, none of this is what I wanted. I'm very, like, he hasn't been in it. Like, this is worse. Do you remember, like, what, a year, two years ago when T-Mobile Arena, which had been open for, like, two or three years at the time, the Golden Knights announced they're adding a fee to their ticket prices for uh, stadium upgrades, arena upgrades, facility upgrades. And it was like, what the hell are you upgrading? The thing's been open for two years. But they put that on the Golden Knights ticket prices. to, Hey, we're going to add a couple dollars to this to upgrade the facility. This is worse than that. They haven't played a game with fans. Mark Davis hasn't been in the suite yet, and they got to remodel it. What happened? So...
2: I don't. I don't because I'm not really a journalist, but I I do know that when he his office at the very least. I mean, and he also a member. He couldn't see the stadium, so he moved. Yes, houses. House. His office basically went through about nine or ten iterations where it was done. He walked in, didn't like it, and they re- they basically
1: had to start from scratch. So we're suggesting the guy who eats at P.F. Chang's is very picky. Yes. Interesting. Man, you know, that's a great question. Las Vegas will host the WNBA All-Star Game. But here's the interesting part. Because the Olympics are here. The WNBA All-Star Game is going to be Team USA against the WNBA All-Stars. But my question is, who the hell is going to be on the WNBA All-Stars? Because Team USA is the WNBA All-Star team. I mean, aren't
2: a lot of the All-Stars in the WNBA like 40?
1: What, the ones on Team USA? No, I'm
2: asking. Like, I, I genuinely don't know. I mean, yes, think like the...
1: Sue Bird is going to be on Team USA, I think. Sue Bird is going to be on Team USA. So we're but sitting... Sue Bird is also Jesus. very good. All
2: right, we're sitting in... We don't have any young all-stars.
1: Well, Asia Wilson. Like Asia Wilson is more than likely gonna be on Team USA. Alright, well then have her go just, you know, beat the crap out of Liz Cambage. Right, it'll be Liz Cambage and who? I don't who else makes it I'm very I'm very confused as to who's gonna be on the WNBA All-Star team because the best players are all on the US national team. So I'm very confused. But the All-Star game is coming to Vegas. If listen, okay. Here's the real thing. Does Liz
2: Cambage that no? This is the question. Does Liz Cambage get to DJ somewhere? Because that's all I want to go. Like that's that's what I want. Okay, that's
1: then I'm good. She might not even play in the game. She might be DJing the game instead. Better. She looks around and says, "Who the hell are my teammates? (laughs) This isn't an all-star team." Here's the thing, though. If the WNBA all-star team beats the U.S. national team, they have to take their place in the Olympics, right? No, because they're not team U- like none of them are gonna be. The from- non-team USA ones have to take their place.
2: It's gonna be like I mean, I think technically isn't Kelsey Plum already in the Olympics. Three-on-three, three,
1: different. <laughs> right, there needs to be an, also a three-on-three three All-Star game as well. Alright. Coming up next. We have to move the show a little bit around today, because Ed's not here. It's Bischoff's briefs. <sighs>
2: bischoff's briefs i never realized baseball had so much butt touching bischoff's briefs that's how they communicate
0: bischoff's briefs
2: it's like braille but with butts
0: bischoff's briefs
1: read my butt the golden knights have a 1-0 lead in the series against the Canadian. but bischoff's briefs today is taking a look At the Max Pacioretty trade. Because, listen, trades get made, and we always hear you can't judge the trade yet. you got to give it time. Well, now they're playing each other in the third round, what would have been a conference final round. Winner goes to the Stanley Cup. I think we can accurately judge this trade. Because the Golden Knights, listen, they made a big move when they traded for Max Pacioretty three seasons ago. And they sent away Tomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki, and a second-round pick to Montreal. And honestly, it's pretty incredible how even this trade has been. Over the last three regular seasons, Max Pacioretty has 157 points. 78 of those are goals in 185 games, right? He, Pacioretty has been very good with the Golden Knights. Tomas Tatar has been very good for Montreal. In the last three regular seasons, he has 149 points, only eight less than Max Pacioretty. Tatar has played in 13 more games though. Max Pacioretty is definitely better than Tomas Tatar. There's not much doubt about that. But their productions fairly similar in the regular season and then you throw in Nick Suzuki who has played the last 2 seasons was very good this year and has 82 points in 127 games to start his NHL career. So over the last 3 seasons, Montreal has gotten 7 more goals and 67 more assists than the Golden Knights out of this trade yes they've had more players but they've gotten more goals more assists so production battle in the last three regular seasons Montreal has won this trade but where the Golden Knights have a pretty significant advantage is the postseason mainly because Tomas Tatar has been useless in the postseason he's a healthy scratch now he didn't even play last night if you noticed, Max Pacioretty since coming to the Golden Knights has 14 goals and 13 assists in 31 playoff games. That's 27 points in 31 playoff games. That is a terrific production. Tatar has two goals and one assist in 15 playoff games for the Canadians. Like, A, they healthy scratch him now. Like, he's not even playing in playoff games. But, B, when he has played, there is virtually no production. Now... Nick Suzuki's been very good. He has eight goals, seven assists, in 22 playoff games, right? For a guy who's in his second year, that's th- those are really good numbers for Nick Suzuki. But playoff-wise, Max Patretti has scored four more goals and has four more assists than Tatar and Suzuki combined. And there's the simple question of what's more important, regular season or postseason. Obviously, the playoffs are more important. So you can point to that and say the Golden Knights have obviously won this trade because of how good Patretti's been in the playoffs. But there is something else to consider, and that's the salary cap. Because Max Pacioretty has cost the Golden Knights seven million dollars per season over the last three years, plus the Golden Knights retained half a million of Tomas Tatar's salary over the last three seasons. Right, that was part yeah, of the Yeah, they trade. did. So over the last three years, if you combine, you know, what the Canadians have paid against the cap, what the Golden Knights have paid against the cap from this trade, Vegas has paid twenty-two and a half million. Montreal has paid sixteen point two million. So it's over $6 million more the Golden Knights have spent against the cap over the last three years, which is a little bit over $2 million. $2 million is not a massive amount, but with that $2 million, the Golden Knights would have been able to stay cap-compliant all season with a full roster. So they could have certainly used $2 million extra against the cap this year. So really what it comes down to, like if you look back and say who won the trade, it depends on what you value. Because Max Pacioretty is the best asset in the trade. There's no doubt about that. If you're picking one player to help you win the Stanley Cup out of this trade, you're picking Max Pacioretty. But Montreal basically got a big bunch of assets, right? They got some salary cap relief with that $500,000 retained in the deal and overall Pacioretty costing more, right? They also got a second round pick that they turned into a third and a fifth in another trade. Plus, they got Tomas Tatar, who's provided fairly decent production compared to what Max Pacioretty has put up, right? It's comparable production. And they got Nick Suzuki, who might end up being the star of this trade. Max Paci is the most likely piece to help you win a Stanley Cup right now. Four years from now, Nick Suzuki is more likely to be the guy to help you win a Stanley Cup than Max Pacioretty. So Right now, the Golden Knights are all in trying to win it now. The Max Pacioretty is the player you want from this trade. But for the Canadians, you're looking ahead and saying, okay, we got good production from Tatar. We got some salary cap relief, and we got some picks out of it or one pick that they turned into two picks, and we might have a future superstar center. It just depends on what you value. Trying to win the cup right now versus getting a handful of assets that can help you now and in the future I think you look at it and say the Golden Knights probably won the trade because Patch Reddy's good right now and they're probably going to win this series and they've got a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup. But in five years, we're probably looking back saying, wow, that Nick Suzuki guy's really good. They shouldn't have given him up.
2: Could we trade Cody Glass and possibly just throw in Foster Moreau just
1: and see if they don't catch on? For Nick Suzuki. Did you pick Foster Moreau because you think his name sounds the most like a hockey player? Yes. Okay. Yes, it
2: is. Because I sometimes um I sometimes get who Carrier? Is there a Carrier on both teams?
1: Yeah, but it's pronounced differently. It's Will Carrier for the Golden Knights. It's Derek Carrier yeah. for the Raiders. Spelled the exact same. The last names are, but yes, there is the same last name but with different pronunciations.
2: Maybe throw him in, too. Well,
1: so here's the key. If you're going to throw somebody in, they should speak French.
2: Who speaks French? I, well,
1: the good, some of the good players do. And like you're not just throwing in Jonathan Marsh. So, <laughs> so uh, maybe will care. I don't know what Will Carrier speaks. It's possible that Will Carrier speaks French. No, I, I think that's know. his
2: first. Yeah, I think he does speak French because okay. I've actually heard him be interviewed on Nighttime at Noon, which you can hear on Fox Sports Las Vegas Did every day at noon. they ask him a noon? question in French? No. It, they asked him in English and took him a second. So I was like, oh, okay. He's, he's translated. So that
1: is not confirmation at all. Not at all. I, no. Okay. You presented that as though, oh, yes, I've heard him speak French.
2: No. Okay. No, no,
1: and that's not even close no. to it. You didn't even get yeah, I speak French out of Will Carrier. I assume he speaks French that's how his we, that's, last
2: name's Carrier. that's where this
1: conversation started and we have gotten nowhere else <laughs> other than that even though you came in with some confidence I'll text Millsy. that will carry a spoke french all right coming up next <laughs> rachel galligan joins the show 135 to go gray has it gives it to jackie young on the left wing she wants to clear it out now gives it to cam beige Straight
0: away. No look pass to Raquana. Can't thinking about a three. Oh, my goodness. She's going to let it fire. And she does. Liz Campbell says, give me the ball. I'm a point guard. I'm an outside
1: shooter. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now is Rachel Gallagher. Rachel, how are you this morning?
3: I'm doing great. How are you guys?
1: Very good. Um, all right. I We have an important question. So the WNBA All-Star game is going to be in Las Vegas, but because it's an Olympic year, it's going to be the U.S. national team against the WNBA (laughs) All-Stars. Who's going to be on the WNBA All-Star team? Because I'm under the impression all the actual All-Stars will be on the U.S. national team.
3: You know, I think you might be a little bit surprised. There's always um, a bit of drama, not always serious drama, but there's always, you know, it's always a big debate on who's going to actually make the U.S. national team um and with such a small roster sample i mean you know there's there's we could go back all the way many years talking about Candace Parker not being on there um obviously it's not going to yeah there's a huge sample that's not going to be there for the all-star game but i think you'd be surprised the, the the names that will end up making it there to las vegas
1: all right so liz cambage kind of ruins this idea because she's going to be playing for australia in the olympics no, that's but a
3: good point. If, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. <laughs>
1: if, the, if the All-Stars beat the national team, they should take their place in the Olympics.
3: I mean, again, I, trying to go through some of the talking heads and figure out who's going to be on what team, especially with the national team. There's a lot of discussion with that yesterday. Um, that's not a bad point. I'm actually not against
1: that. Yeah, I mean, put in
3: a a request.
1: Yeah, like (laughs) again, Liz Cambage kind of kind of ruins this, but basically have a game, (laughs) split them up into two teams, all Americans, and whoever wins gets to go to the Olympics.
3: I think I think that's valid. Why not? Why not?
1: Be a hell of an All Star (laughs) game. All right. uh, So the All Star game it is coming to Las Vegas. Tell me why the WNBA shouldn't just put all of their All Star
3: games in Vegas. I mean, I when I, when I saw that it was announced, my, my mind immediately went to that. And I said, this should just be a destination, um, this, this avenue that the league does every year. And I, and I understand that they have a few that are planned out in advance, but this one, it, it makes sense. It, it's easily accessible. People can, people want to be there. People can go do a lot of different things. I mean, to me, it makes sense. And I'm even a huge advocate for bringing the women's college Uh, NCAA tournament, whether it be the Final Four or the Sweet 16, to Las Vegas. So I'm a big believer in in running everything through Las Vegas.
1: All right, with the Las Vegas Aces, uh, is it a fair (laughs) statement to say, even if they might not be the best team in the WNBA, that they have the most talent in the WNBA?
3: Man, there's that's a completely fair question. I mean, and honestly, I think there's a huge argument to be made that they're one of the best. I mean, the best team in the WNBA. I mean, at least from an offense offensive production standpoint right like they're putting up the most points they've got um the most the two of the most dominant players in the league but then you look at just the guard play surrounding cambage and wilson and no i agree i mean and that and that is still that is even with angel mccartney who is out i'm still considering them you know a, a major contender and the team with the most talent this year
1: we saw it, though, in their very first game of the season. They played Seattle, and it, it looked a lot like the last two playoff eliminations for the Aces, where mm-hmm. the other We're team dead. spread the floor, hit a bunch of threes, and the Aces couldn't beat them up inside enough. They have Chelsea Gray now. She's going to help that a lot. And at the end of the season, maybe she's they've learned how to play better with it. But is that ultimately their downfall again?
3: Cam <laughs> hitting from deep, man. <laughs> I know she is. <laughs> knocking down threes honestly i think you know you brought up chelsea gray but another one that is a huge addition is raquana williams i mean she's really she in my mind when i'm watching them play you know she's she's able to come in and knock down shots and that was a hell of a get for las vegas and they were able to get her for really cheap in my opinion um and she's a i mean she's proven she can put points on the board but she's shooting close to 40 percent. so out of all the las vegas aces teams we've seen in the past obviously you lose kayla mcbride she's struggling to shoot it right now with minnesota I think that this Aces team is shooting it better now from the three-point line than any any team we've seen in the last few years.
1: All right. I'm, I'm more optimistic than I have been in the past that they I'm won't serious. get beat. Yeah. I, I know, I, but it's been like they're, when they lose the Mystics and lose the Storm mm-hmm. the last two years, it's sort of been the same story, and the roster yeah. is better equipped, but well, it's like, still it's still Bill Lambert, He still has Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage. Like, it's not like they're right going to completely change what they've been doing.
3: Well, and I again, you, you – st- you gotta talk about Chelsea Gray. You gotta talk about Raquana Williams. And you you know, I can't not talk about the play of Jackie Young. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, but Jackie Young to me is the X factor for the Aces winning a championship or not this year. I mean, obviously, knock on wood, everybody stays healthy. That's and that's gonna be an important aspect with any team. But Jackie Young has continued to evolve. She's shooting it about close to close to 10% better from the three-point line than she was last year. Now she doesn't take a lot of them. When she's able to get into the paint, whether it's great for her teammates or just spread the floor enough because she has to be respected of what she can do, to me she's the X factor.
1: Obviously the Seattle Storm are, are up there at the top as well. If it's not Seattle or Vegas, who would you see actually winning the WNBA title this year?
3: Man, um, it, it, I think you got to talk about the Connecticut Sun. Um, right now they're without John Cole Jones. So like she is playing like an MVP, in my opinion. And Connecticut has really come out of the gate. And this is without one of their, their, their driving force in Alyssa Thomas. Connecticut has come out of the gate playing extremely well. I mean, the best defense in the league, John Quill Jones has been playing phenomenal. Now, we saw last week she wasn't on the court. Connecticut took the loss. They just were kind of a shell of themselves and when she's on the floor. And that's a credit to how much she impacts the game. Uh, so I think you have to talk about, you I mean, you have to respect the Connecticut Sun when they're at full force with, you know, when, and when, and, and I mean, with Jockwell Jones, my question with them is, are they going to have enough, enough depth playing with just 10 later in the season? I mean, to me, those three teams, there's a clear like division, right? Like these are the top three in the league. I think you could say the Seattle storm Las, Las Vegas aces are probably even above Connecticut, just because I question their ability to maybe run out of gas. Um, but those three, I mean, they're just, heads above everyone else in my opinion
1: is elena Don coming
3: back this year shoot i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, i mean you know it's always a question mark with elena and I, I hope you know i hope she does i really do i certainly i mean would love when she's on the floor i think you have to question like what's the timing of this right like obviously she's she's said to be rehabbing her back and the plan is to return so now we're, we're entering you know close into the Olympic break. So like, what would be the point of coming back now? You know, why wouldn't you just try to rehab it and maybe come back towards the end of the season and play a few games in August? I don't, or, you know, end of July into August. I'm not sure, but um, I was actually talking to somebody about it yesterday. I said, honestly, it's probably flip a coin, whether she ends up coming back or not.
1: So the mystics have struggled this year, but let, let's say she comes back after uh, the Olympic break. Do they, do they, crash into that top three there as a potential title contender?
3: I mean, that, that I think the Washington Mystics, the Dallas Wings, I mean that's I could go on a tangent about the Dallas Wings and how well that team is playing right now. But I think Washington, I mean, they're not at full strength. Tina Charles is playing phenomenal. What she's able to do on the court right now looks I mean, she's she's like she's up there like with with Jonquel Jones, you know, playing some of the best basketball of her career, in my opinion now. The offense has to run through her. So how does that dynamic change when when Deladon comes back, I think, you know, if you're the Mystics, you're just getting through this period of time and not crashing and burning, right? They're 4-6. and six. They're trying to steal some wins wherever they can. They don't have Emma Meason, and that's still a question mark. They don't have Elena Deladon, arguably one of the best players in the world. So I think that, you know, every team hits their stride, right, whether it's earlier in the season, whether it's late in the season. I think it's very possible that, you know, we get back from the Olympic break um, that they, 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 they start getting their pieces together, that the, the players that have gotten a lot of minutes earlier on in the season because of the circumstances are playing with some confidence. I do think it's possible that they could hit a stride and get rolling a little bit. Um, so they would be kind of one of like those, those teams at the lower end of the rankings, like they're 10th they're in the league right now. Um, and, and that's only because, again, they're operating at like 50% capacity. So I do think it's possible.
1: Uh, The Aces play the New York Liberty tonight. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu, she actually missed the last game for the Liberty. I don't, I don't know if she's playing tonight or not, but I was just curious, saw her in the bubble and, or for uh, what, one game in the bubble, but now you've gotten to see her for uh, a few games now before she got hurt again. What have you thought of Sabrina Ionescu's uh, WNBA career so far? Has she been what you expected her to be?
3: No, I just think, you know, when you're battling the injuries, you know, she, she barely played her rookie season um, I mean, really, the one game we were able to see her be the Sabrina UNESCO that, that we have all become accustomed to seeing was the game she had the triple-double, you know, and that wasn't surprising for anybody who's followed her career. Um, I just think she's hit some adversity and she's hit some bumps in the road, right? Like, whether it be some injuries or just kind of um, some slumps here and there. I think the jury's still out. I don't really have much of an opinion outside of, okay, like, getting her healthy and, and just getting consistent reps out on the court. I, I don't know that she's at that point to me, the biggest story with New York would be Benajel Um and what she's been able to do this year. She's been phenomenal.
2: So you do an incredible job at international scouting. <clears throat> uh, is there, can you give us a name of somebody that we're going to see either like in the tournament soon or in the WNBA soon?
3: Oh, um, okay. I'm going to give you a good one. Um, There is a young lady that I actually worked with. Uh, I I, I helped her get recruited here in the States to go play. Probably would have ended up being in the Pac-12, but she ended up deciding to stay. Got a really great offer um, in Spain to play professional. She's still only 19 years old. Her name is Raquel Carrera. She was actually drafted this year, but she didn't come over. Um, Phenomenal talent. I mean, absolutely uh, phenomenal talent. Again, still such a baby in what she can do um, and just the experience. But she is – She's really impressive in what she can do down on the block and her ability to stretch the floor. So that's one for you. I, I would check out Raquel Carrera from from Spain.
1: Raquel Carrera. All right. We'll keep our eyes yeah, on it. Yeah, no, is. yeah.
2: We're going to we're going to be upset whenever she puts up like 27 <laughs> points against
1: the Aces yeah. knocks him out of the playoffs.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Rachel.
1: She is Rachel Galligan. Uh check her out on Twitter <laughs> at Rachel galligan. Thanks Rachel, we appreciate it.
3: Thanks, guys. Take
1: care. Thank you. I should correct myself. It's Gal on Twitter, R-A-C-H-G-A-L-L. Great follow. Yes, very good on the WNBA and our potential title-winning Las Vegas Aces. They're one of three teams. I mean, it's only a 12-team league, but they're one of three teams that have a legitimate shot to win it this year. All right, here we go. We got a giveaway for you. British Rock Royalty. Coming to Las Vegas Ballpark Saturday, June 26th. They'll be performing songs from The Who, Pink Floyd, David Bowie, Queen, and Led Zeppelin. show will also feature state-of-the-art lighting, video, and lasers, followed by a fireworks display. We'll take caller number four, 364 1100 to go see British Rock Royalty 702-364-1100. We're checking in on the latest news from PropSwap, where smart
0: sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds.
1: All right, Luke, what's happening with Brooklyn Nets tickets now that they're tied in the series <laughs> and down two of their big three?
0: Yeah, for the first time in, gosh, six-plus months, the Milwaukee Bucks are your new favorite to win the NBA Finals. Woo! It is, uh, you know, I think obviously the James Harden injury news scared people, but then Kyrie goes down and that really pushed Milwaukee's odds to go up. Uh, And obviously being tied two to two uh, with game uh, five tonight is obviously a pivotal one.
1: Has, I mean this, we knew kind of going in that it felt like it was going to be the most wide open NBA playoffs that we've had in a while, but it seems like it's been even, even more open than expected. Like it, I don't know. It feels like you every time we talk to you, there's a new team that we could say, "Well, they got a really good chance to win the finals."
0: Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I think you know, obviously, LeBron exiting in the first round for the first time in his career opened the doors up to everyone because you know, LA was three to one. The LA Lakers are three to one entering the playoffs. Odds makers love them, um, so their early exit pushed the odds of all the other teams. Uh, higher because you know, obviously, with the guy like him exiting early, every other team's odds got better. Uh, clearly, the Phoenix Suns have a lot of hype behind them. Uh, this LA Clippers team just loves to go down two <laughs> zero and then a roar back and tie that that series. Price uh, Utah versus LA is a They'll flip a the coin one hundred times. LA wins fifty. Utah wins fifty. So
2: with uh, with Jake Degrom. And uh, Otani basically doing it on on the mound and in the batter's box. How how much do I got to pay to get a, a good uh, Fernando Tatis uh, MVP ticket?
0: Yeah, yeah, we've been selling a ton of Tatis tickets all year long. He opened at around thirty to one. Uh, his odds are down to plus two fifty um, for him to win NL MVP number one. Favorite Jacob Degrom to win the NL MVP, not the Cy Young. The NL yeah. MVP. Yeah.
1: Well, you <laughs> might win it for his bat too, because he keeps driving and runs. Um, how? Okay. What? What is? Ha- I'm curious. What's happened with Otani and AL MVP tickets?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been selling a ton of Otani tickets all year long. His odds are currently plus one sixty five. Vlad Jr. Slight notch ahead of them at plus one fifteen. So two pony race in my opinion I don't see any outcome besides those two guys winning this. You got Xander Bogarts at twenty to one, Aaron Judge twenty five to one. I don't see either of those two winning. Um, We've been selling a ton of Shohei Otani tickets all year long. Um, Not many Vlad Junior tickets, and I'm sure he opened at relatively high odds. Obviously Um, came in with some hype, but um, I would guess he opened around twenty to one or thirty to one. So if you can sell a ticket at Plus one fifteen on Vlad Jr. Here we are in June. Uh, seems like a time to
1: take some profit. Well, he is Luke Perk Dandy from Prop Swap. Luke, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by Prop Swap. We're smart
0: sports betters. Buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds.
1: All right, today is a big day. Because Jay is back. He's gotten seven in a row right, which is now tied for the second longest streak we've ever had. Eight? Yes, yes, yes. Eight is the longest. We have an Antonio Brown jersey that will be on the line if you can get to nine. So you need to win today to have a chance to win this Antonio Brown jersey. So where would you like to go for your pick today, Jay?
0: Okay. First, I was thinking about NBA then I thought about hockey. I said I'm going to go with baseball today. We're going to do the San Diego
1: Padres. All right, the Padres Woo! are on the road against the Rockies. So if yeah. you get a Padres win tonight, you'll be going for that Antonio Brown jersey tomorrow. Come um, on,
0: Padres!
1: Good luck, Jay. We'll be talking. Hopefully, we'll be talking yeah. to you again tomorrow.
0: All right. talk to you guys later. Oh man, that dude is
2: gonna. That, we we were we could. We might be able to get him something else, even if he doesn't. If he, even if he doesn't make it, what a press box T-shirt. Well, we have the press box T-shirt. We have uh, a surprise uh,
1: gift that you refused. You know, we got a lot of stuff. Yes, at some point we will give away a gift that Jared tried to give me that I refused. I don't know if that makes people want it or not want it. I I thought you would. I thought you would appreciate it. There's no chance you
2: should have thought that. Absolutely none. I. Well, I mean, I've got you. Yeah, I. All right. So to take people behind the scenes, I I buy Tyler gifts mostly because I'm afraid of some, like I I've, I've pissed him off at some point, but at the same time,
1: yeah, this one was not my best work. No, it's a terrible gift. Absolutely terrible gift. That's why I gave it back to you. And and, and that's why we're gonna give yeah, it away to yeah. somebody one day because it's a terrible gift. All right. I do have an important question for you. Yes. Is this a good Father's Day promotion? Lights FC, for their game this weekend, are going to be giving away um, 25, excuse me, in addition to your ticket, you will get free representation from the Castro Verde law firm for a traffic violation ticket. I mean, it would be a good gift for you because you're always in traffic whenever you're on your way to a Lights FC game. Well, but I don't get a ticket for it. And here's how they're marketing it. Best Father's Day gift available. Lights FC ticket plus fix your traffic ticket. I mean,
2: it's not the worst promotion. At least they didn't go with, like, divorce lawyers.
1: (laughs) Not yet. That'll be their Valentine's Day promotion next year. Or no, that'll be the month after Valentine's Day. Did you make a mistake in February? Well, we've got the law firm to help you out. Just buy a ticket. Viva Lights.